Welcome to Ripple Effect, a podcast of the Healthy Communities Leadership Academy. You just need to find the button. Can you hear it? You can? I can hear it. How's that? <laughs> I loved it. That was so good. Did you hear it? Yes, I could hear it. That was good. That's a jam. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a jam. So hello, Damaris. This is great to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, now that you have set up interviews for other people, I thought it would be great to learn more about you because I'm sure there's more than me that is fascinated by your background and why you are so vibrant. And so anyway. Uh, I have the honor of interviewing Damaris Kankler. Correct. Okay. And so Damaris, tell us a little bit about your work. Oh, wow. Okay. So first of all, you can make someone blush. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. Okay. So uh, my name is Damaris Kankler and I work for a charitable foundation called A Boulder Humboldt in Humboldt, Kansas. So we're about uh, around two hours, hours ish, south of the Kansas City metro area. And in a very rural community, the county is about a little over 12,000 people and 505 square miles. So that can kind of tell you how populated it is. And then the town that I work in is uh, 1.5 square miles with 1,800 people in it. So it's a small town. Um, I started working with a Boulder Humboldt uh, right at, actually, is today April 22nd? Yes. This might be my one-year anniversary. Okay. Let me, I can't remember what the Monday was in 2019. Let me go back and see. Oh, yeah, today's my one-year anniversary. Yay! Oh, happy anniversary! Thank you. So um, I'm working for this organization that is around uh, community development, specifically focused on, on community development, and it's really at the, at the very beginning of building what it is. And, um, and so that's, that's pretty, pretty exciting because it is not well-defined in any way whatsoever right now. We are making up the rules as we go and what we want this organization to look like. And um, so it's, it has a board of directors or a committee of people that um, a lot of the projects have been bricks and mortar projects in the town. And it's really focusing right now. It was initially focusing on community revitalization. And, uh, you know, if you've been to a small town before, you see the buildings are all crumbling and there's no businesses there and stuff like that. And um, 
So that's kind of what was going on. I might need to plug this in. I'll be right back. It's making noises at me telling me my computer's going to die. Okay. okay. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. There goes my lighting. I need my lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you still see me? Is it no, be, is I can it? only see. No, I can only see like your window and your decorations, your guitar, guitars. It's more than one now. I see. Okay, you can still see me, even though the light's gone. Okay, and so uh, they started. Uh, they started renovating all of these buildings and uh, bringing um, businesses into them. So uh, then, as their phase two is kind of where I have come in and after three years of real intense bricks and mortar work now, I'm community engagement director for Boulder Humboldt. And that was just kind of like, how do we bring the community in to start celebrating some of the successes that we have in the town and letting everybody know that things that Humboldt is coming back to life. And, and then also my job is to bring in my nonprofit work and grant seeking and, um, and being able to bring in dollars into the community around a focus around health with trails, you know, around um, food access and um, economic development. A lot of the programs that you were talking about, but the one that I'm the most excited about, the one that just, I think just changed my life is that we'll be looking at creative placemaking uh, oh. around health. And, um, and so, I can kind of, and, and, and in that, in that capacity is like, I just had to, had to figure out how to shift. So I want to talk to, I need to know other people out there that are doing creative placemaking work. So I'm putting my pitch out there. If that's one of something that your organization does and has been doing it well, please get a hold of me at Damaris at a boulder I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to learn a lot of what that means, but, um, we, we, um, we got a million dollar grant. Uh, right after we created a nonprofit for a congratulations. Yes, thank you. It's huge. And then, um, and then we recently, uh, after that, what they offered me was this old historical church to be the project director of renovating it into a music venue. Oh, that so is beautiful. My work shifted from me thinking specifically about health outcomes in the way that the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation would measure him to health outcomes in a, um, of how to connect all of these things to have a healthy community, kind of what you're talking about. If you've got your 48 programs, they're all different. That's what we have going on in our town, but I think of our town as the creative place making, the, the creative place, not one little project, but all of them working together. So, um, so the music venue will be not just a music venue to bring in music, but it'll bring in artists and um, people that can contribute back to the community and make impact on our students uh, through music writing and learning and, and recording and mixing and uploading to digital platforms and just all kinds of stuff. That is so fascinating, Damaris. And that is so fascinating. I figure that when you have this work with music and um, it is also a community building type of um, connection building here with, um, with the community, 
I think of it as the way people start a garden, but mm -hmm. the idea is not just to grow food, but to have conversations around food and around access and around how do you cook it and why don't you cook it and why, you know, why don't you like to grow a garden? And then you hear about historic things that make people not want to touch the ground and that mm -hmm. type of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I love the idea that, you know, you're creating this space for community engagement through art, through music. Oh, that is so beautiful. I can't, I feel like I need to come visit. Oh, yes, you need to come visit. I, um, you know, I would not have known. I mean, I would, if you would have asked me four months ago, that's not what I was working on. Four months ago, we got the million dollar grant for the trail and built environment, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna connect this campground that we're building down to our downtown so people have access to um, our businesses and then a lot of the things along the way to the grocery store, you know, just a safe passageway and that's where my my lane has been. And, um, but, but because the group that I work with, I'm, you know, this music has been coming out of me more in my 40s. And um, then they recognize that as an asset and this project that was been sitting there not being used. I mean, it's just been sitting there for a few years of a, of a thought. You know, they're like, let's just connect that, Damaris, you take this. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, <laughs> what? I get to do like the thing that I love the most, you know? And get paid for it. That's crazy so I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like in a year i am so excited for you that mm -hmm. you get to do something you love and work on it with other people as well mm -hmm. i think it will all work out for the good you come you you will connect everybody else to you know um better healthier outcomes through music through art through all the other things that's right. awesome thank you well now, uh, eight, 1,800 people, what is that? What, what keeps people there? What keeps these 1,800 people in Hamburg? Well, you know, it's our home, it's our town, it's our home. And so yeah. a lot of people have been there for multiple generations. And, um, but, you know, who I work for, which is a kind of an interesting story, is he was a farmer and he's been in Allen County for, his family's been in Allen County for seven or nine, I don't know, a long time. And, um, and so he, cre he made an invention, he invented something 30 years ago in his garage with another guy, and it significantly changed the farming community, rodeo, boaters, it's a hitch. So it's called B&W uh, um, Hitches. So he created, he invented this and had the patent on it and it, it turned him into a millionaire because it made sense. And so uh, now those two people have turned into a, um, a business of 400. Oh. He employs 400 people now. So, I mean, and he gives them a decent wage, you know, he takes care of them. And when there was a recession, um, he didn't lay anybody off because he considers everybody family and he sent them out into the community to find work to do and he paid them to do it. So churches awesome. got re-roofed, ball fields were built, uh, handicap ramps were built, you know, and it got national news. NBC Nightly News actually has come to Humboldt twice now wow this story so i think people stay there because we love each other that is great and i, I really 
wanted to hear like what what keeps people there as in like business or is it farming what what is it that, that what's the livelihood of the people there do they work there do they sleep there but go out of that place to go work and then come back so it's just like you know how they say sleeping right. towns you know We're no. okay hours. this is good yeah. We're two hours pretty much from everything. So the people that live there, work there, go to school there. Like we, we're, we're our own little, little um, ecosystem. That sounds wonderful. And mm -hmm. because you're in it, I think it's going to just be amazing and flourishing in a few years. Well, it's wild because I actually went to high school there. And so it, it's, it's so cool to be able to go back to your hometown and work in your hometown. I graduated with a class of 50 and I still see some of the 50 people in my class and I still see a lot of them. And it's almost like I have been stuck in a time warp, <laughs> only we look different. You know, I'm like, and I'm starting to work with their kids and I'm like, oh, you're totally Jeff's kid. Oh, <laughs> your dad is Bill Orth because you can, they, they don't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm having awesome. I could stay on that for a while. So <laughs> let's move on to something else. So, okay. so let's talk about your personal life. What's your passions? What you, you know, what, what tell us a little bit about your personal life. Well, I'm a mom, you know, and that's what my focus has been for about 25 years. And it's changing because my children are all of legal age now. And, and I've got a son that graduated from college already. And my daughter is getting ready to leave for college. And, um, and so about a year ago, I, I guess that I understand that feeling of empty nester. It's like, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do now that my whole world has been defined on decisions around my children? Yeah. And so my personal life is in, is in a, um, in a transition right now. I feel like I'm a, a, a caterpillar <laughs> shedding into the butterfly and I am giving myself, it's taken a lot to give my, myself permission to be who Damaris is. That's not a mom. And, um, and I ask my children permission for it all the time. Like, are you sure this is okay? Are you sure? You know, cause I want to also demonstrate to them that, um, you can be, you don't have to lose who you are, which you do willingly as a mom, you totally yeah. do. And I, I've never thought about it that way at all until now that I know that I have to be with myself for the next 30 years. And I don't know who I am. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I decided I would put out an album. And that's what my personal life has been for the last year. I've just decided I would just throw myself into music and be a performer. And that was a, that was a very hard decision to make because I didn't believe I could do. do um, I mean, I didn't know what that kind of performing would be. And so I made an album. It came out right away. I got booked for the Kansas State Fair, which told me that I better get my booty and gear and learn how to perform in front of people and not be afraid. And and so I did that. I was afraid, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was super afraid. And now um, I'm just connecting with a lot of other artists across the, the nation. And um, I'm writing a new album. I'm in the process of writing it. And, and I'll be way more hands-on with the production of it and stuff. So I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm learning. I've learned a lot in a year. Awesome. Awesome. That is super interesting. Um, and I totally relate with losing yourself as being a mom. Um, and then I'm one. Uh, congratulations on your album. Thank you. Whoa. 
Oh, so you can where could you can where can we find it? Spotify, iTunes. I'm on any digital platform. Okay. This is what's the song? What's the album name? The album name is "Come Set by My Fire." Because that's uh -huh. what we do in the country. We sit around campfires and we tell tall tales. You know, we swap stories. So it's called Come Sit By My Fire. It's songs that um, I wrote from the time I was 20-something to in my 40s. And I seriously just wrote it for my children because I was worried that I might die someday. And, well, I will. But... Um, <laughs> But they would never know my music because I always, I wrote these songs in private moments in my bedroom, you know, and I wanted them to know who I was besides their mother. And that's why I wrote the album. The songs that are picked out for the album are specific to um, moments in time that were, uh, um, that they know about or that affected them. Um, and I wanted them to know who the 25-year-old Damaris was and the 35-year-old Damaris was and who I am now outside of who their mom is as the homeroom mom. So there's sad stories, mad stories, happy stories, and um, lullabies on there for them. So, Okay, people, make sure you check that out with your... <laughs> It is come see by my fire. Wow. Thank you, Damaris. I would I'll definitely go and look look for it and listen to some of mm -hmm. that music. It sounds inspiring. I can't wait. All right. And um, so what else did you talk about that I really wanted to pick up? Okay, so the performance uh piece. So one of the things I, I gather is that you took time over all these years to write these songs. And, and now you were ready to go to write, you know, to perform in, in front of, how did that go? How, how was yeah. that? Mm -mm. I never thought I would ever perform those songs when I wrote them. I didn't write them to perform them at all. I wrote them to emote, yeah. you know, to express how I was, uh, what I was going through at that time. And uh, I mean, I've lost hundreds of, I've probably lost a hundred songs along the way in my life where I just sit in my room and I'll sing it that night and I'll sing it about 50 times and then whatever was bothering me is gone. And it, you know, um, but, uh, but these are ones that I had uh, captured. Well, when I turned 40, I decided I wanted to try to do something to scare me, you know, to, to, to push myself outside my comfort zone. And I had no idea what it was, but I ended up seeing a, a guy I went to high school with and he was in a band and he found out that I played guitar. So he encouraged me to come and uh, play a song or two in between their sets. And, um, and I was scared. Yeah, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And once I did it about, oh, he asked me, then he asked me again, then he asked me again. And after about the <laughs> third time, I was like, okay, I'll try to do this. He said, you need to learn um, 30 songs. That's two hours worth of music. And don't, don't use a mic or don't use a music stand and then and practice in the mirror. And so for about six years, I did it a little bit here and there, three or four times a year. And then when I put on my album, it, it changed everything. Because then, then I turned into all original music and having to uh, learn how to actually gig and be that vulnerable in front of everybody, which is really hard. It's very personal when you're talking about something that happened to you. But yeah. also that what makes it so authentic mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, that is awesome. I'm looking forward to listening. I really am. Okay. Like when I'm singing, I just start crying when I'm playing and stuff. I'm like, ah. 
anyway well i i cannot imagine you being scared because you're such a natural Mm-mm. but you know since i was scared for this interview i will believe you <laughs> okay okay that is so super um interesting we have uh an art specialist um in for a mu extension that he, he is based in clay county his name mm-hmm. is gk callahan i don't know if you've met him i don't think so. you totally need to connect because you you, you i think it would be nice for you guys to share some things um, that you are all doing in, in this space of art. So. Well, you should uh, email us and CC, email me and CC him in it and make, make an introduction. I will. Thank you. I will. I will. So as we finish this, uh, I'm going to ask you a similar question to what you went, you asked me too. Um, what are you learning uh, with this COVID-19? First of all, how, how is your community adjusting to COVID-19 and what are you learning uh, personally? Um, uh, well, uh, the community, uh, we noticed that there, and I think a lot of communities are needing this, is uh, access to food, you know, just that frontline food. Uh, so we're, we're uh, kind of deep in the middle of right now trying to get donations for our food pantry. So uh, that's, that's uh, the thing that I've seen float to the top for Humboldt. And then what I'm learning that's different is uh, um, I have a TikTok account now. And my daughter, oh. <laughs> my daughter's teaching me dance routines. So we are a mother-daughter act on TikTok, which is, uh, I mean, I say yes, because, and you should check it out too, because I love to dance. My daughter doesn't, but it was her idea. <laughs> I thought this is a great opportunity for us to uh, do something together. So, yeah. That is, ex- so are you dancing on TikTok? Yes. <laughs> okay. Don't even. It's, it's, it's all for fun. Like, okay, right, definitely. Don't, uh, don't uh, have any high expectations <laughs> about it. Well, you might just make me get on it too so that I can learn. Um, to dance on TikTok, but oh, now I'm looking like, up routines. Yeah, now I'm like, hey, we got a new one. Let's do this, and she's like, okay. So it's fun. Great way to connect. Definitely, mm-hmm. music is great, and dancing is beautiful. So. Yes, awesome. It was so wonderful to listen to your <laughs> story, and um, so. People, we've been talking to Jamaris Kankler, who, mm-hmm. has, who works for, as a director of a community engagement in Hamburg. And she is such a delight. Mm-hmm. And you should all check her out and what she's doing. Uh, I will check, I will connect with you again, Jamaris, so I can Absolutely. learn a little bit more about community engagement and um, what are some th- things we can share. Okay, I will love that. I can't wait all to right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Interview seven. Complete. Interview seven complete. Thank you for allowing me to do that. It's an honor. Thank you for doing that. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.